And tonight I want to begin a new series on, on these Wednesday nights. And I'm not sure how long we'll be in this series, but a series I am looking forward to. And again, we are going to be taking a look at uh, practical principles in the book of Proverbs. Uh, so what that, what that is going to look like is um, taking the themes, the principles we find in Proverbs, and taking time to deal with those, taking time to uh, look at the verses, to exposit the verses, and to make applications from those verses. Now, the thing with Proverbs is there's a lot of topics we can talk about. Uh, the book of Proverbs deals with the topic of finances. Uh, the, book of Pro- uh, the book of Proverbs deals with the topic of friends, good friends, bad friends. Uh, deals with the topic of marriage, deals with the topic of child rearing. Uh, deals with uh, the topic of temptation. It deals with many different topics that are very practical in nature. A couple of months, uh, weeks or months ago, we finished up a series on Sunday nights uh, going through the book of James. And I love the book of James because it is so practical in nature. Uh, but James is very similar to the book of Proverbs. Uh, really, the book of Proverbs is to the Old Testament what James is to the New Testament. They're very similar in many ways. There's much overlap between the book of James and the book of Proverbs. And we worked our way through James, which is very practical in nature. And now we're going to take a look at the book of Proverbs, which is also very practical in nature. But before we get to the themes in the book, what I want to do is just lay some groundwork uh, this evening, uh, give you some introductory material that will kind of lay the foundation for this series. So if you want to take notes, you're going to have a PowerPoint slides up here. <clears throat> if you want to write, write some of these things down. <clears throat> and the first thing we'll deal with is who is the writer of Proverbs or who are the writers of Proverbs? A couple of things real quick. We see, first of all, that Solomon um, is one of the writers, the, the primary writer of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 1 verse 1, the Bible says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. All right. So, again, he wrote the bulk of the Proverbs. Another uh, writer that is mentioned, he wrote Proverbs 30, is named Agur, the son of Jacob. And again, he is the one who wrote Proverbs 30. And then Proverbs 31 is written by a man by the name of King Lemuel. Now, many conservative commentators, teachers, uh, believe that King Lemuel is just another reference to Solomon. Could it be a different person? Possibly. Uh, But again, many teachers believe for various reasons that King Lemuel is just another name for King Solomon. All right. So again, these are the writers of Proverbs. Now, second question is who is the author of Proverbs? All right. So these were the penmen. These were the men who penned the paper. Um, And who wrote down the words, but who was it that inspired them to write the very words that we find in the word of God? We understand that that is God. We believe in the divine inspiration of the word of God. It is God breathed. And take a look at uh, some verses here with me. Uh, Second Timothy 316 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Literally, it is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, <coughs> for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 
Um, another verse, if you want to write it down, 2 Peter 1.21. <clears throat> the Bible says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake, notice here, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. All right, so we see here the method of inspiration. All right, the Spirit of God moved on men to pin the words of Scripture, and the words of Scripture are God-breathed words. All right, again, a lot of people will say, well, isn't the Bible just a book written by men? Well, well in, a, in a sense, yes, but in a sense, no. All right, yes, God used men to write the words, but it was God who inspired or who breathed out his words. Uh, again, and what we have in the word of God are the words of God. Again, it is the word of God. Another question I want to answer tonight is what is a proverb? <clears throat> uh, again, a, a proverb is, uh, you know, we're familiar with proverbs. Again, not just the book of Proverbs, but, you know, we, we have proverbs here in America, you know, in, in our Western culture. You know, an, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. All right. That is not from the Bible, but that is an uninspired proverb. All right. That's a proverb that is uh, just a short, you know, pithy saying that has great meaning to it. Whether it's true or not, uh, again, is, is debatable. Uh, but that is a uh, nature of a proverb that you and I would be familiar with. Let me give you a couple of definitions uh, from a couple of commentators about what a proverb is, starting with this one. And this commentator says a, sh a proverb is a short, pithy saying that expresses a general principle of life and often gives advice on how to live wisely. All right, so it's usually short. It's usually general. That's a general application. And it's usually applicable to everyday life. All right, let's continue on. Here's another definition similar. Uh, Proverbs are pithy statements that summarize in a few choice words practical truths relating to some aspect of everyday life. All right, so very similar to the first definition. Um, here's some other uh, definitions that have been given. A proverb is a short sentence drawn from long experience. A proverb is vertical wisdom for horizontal living. Uh, laws from heaven for life on earth. Again, I, I like those. All right, I, I, again, I like the way that those are worded. Uh, so what is a proverb? A proverb is a short statement that expresses some practical truth that relates to life on earth. Whether it's you know, a statement about money, whether it's a statement about, um, you know, uh, about parenting, whether it's a statement about marriage, uh, whether it's a statement about uh, the words of your mouth that you use. Uh, about honesty, uh, whether it's a, a proverb about diligence or laziness. Uh, again, many, many examples could be given, and we'll take a look at those over the next couple of weeks. So we understand what a proverb is, but let's also consider what a proverb is not. And here is where a lot of people get hung up when reading the book of Proverbs. All right. What they do is they read a statement in Proverbs, a theme, a principle in Proverbs. And they read it as if it is an ironclad promise that applies to every situation every single time without fail. All right. Again, that is how many people view the Proverbs. But you have to understand, again, that, that a proverb can, again, is, is not a promise. All right. Let, let me again put something up on the screen for you. What is a proverb? Uh, number one, Proverbs are not promises. They are general principles that are generally applied 
and bring a general result, meaning this. Right? For example, there's proverbs about laziness. Laziness leads to poverty. Right? And again, there's many verses that talk about that. All right? Again, and, and generally that is the case. But then again, I mean you could have you could have somebody who's lazy, you know, who inherits has a rich uncle that passes away and inherits, you know, gets a huge inheritance, and now he's a millionaire. All right? So again, it's it's generally true, but that doesn't mean that it's it's true every single time. There are exceptions uh, to the principles within Proverbs. On the other hand, you can have somebody who's diligent, who works hard, again, but doesn't have much money. Right? They they maybe they live a life of poverty, even though they are diligent in their work. All right. So again, we'll look at those uh, specific situations later on. Uh, let me read a, a comment here from one commentator. He says, keep in mind that Hebrew proverbs are generalized statements of what is usually true in life, and they must not be treated like promises. I right, go back to that American proverb. I don't know if it's an American proverb, but it's just, you know, an, an uninspired proverb that in, in American culture that apple a day keeps a doctor away. All right, again, there's a general truth in that statement. If you eat healthy... You know, it's, it's likely you're going to be healthy. But then again, you can eat an apple a day and, and you could, you know, still have heart disease. You know, you could eat an apple a day and still, you know, get cancer. You could eat an apple a day. And again, you, you may you may have some health condition even though you eat healthy. Now, let me give you a couple of examples of how this works. And these examples are taken from uh, the Bible exposition commentary. Let me give you a couple of these. Number one, Proverbs 15.1 says this, it says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. The commentary goes on to say this. It says, this is true in most instances, but our Lord's lamb-like gentleness didn't deliver him from shame and suffering. All right, so Jesus, you know, when he was reviled, he reviled not again, yet he was still crucified. But generally speaking, Again, a good way to avoid interpersonal conflict is to learn this truth right here. That a soft answer turns away wrath. Again, whereas angry words just stir up you know, more strife and, and more anger and more wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath. And that's true most of the time, generally speaking. Let's look at another example. Proverbs 3.2 says... For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. All right. So this is speaking about the person who he, who heeds wisdom, and is saying here that generally speaking, a person who heeds the wisdom of God's word, they'll have they'll have days added to their life. Again, they'll have a long life. They'll have peace in their life. But this commentary goes on to say this. It says the assurance of life for the obedient is given often. And generally speaking, this is true. But some godly saints have died very young. While more than one godless rebel has had a long life. I mean, just read church history. Jim Elliott, David Brainerd, Henry Martin, William Borden, Robert Murray McShane. I mean, these were men who died, some of them in their 20s, some of them in their 30s. So 
So relatively young, godly men, faithful men, in the center of God's will, and yet their life is snuffed out, again, at an early age. <clears throat> again, and again, it's not because they weren't walking in wisdom. So we, yes, yes, this is generally true, but there's exceptions. Here's another example. Proverbs 11.8 says, The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. This commentator says this certainly happened to Mordecai and Daniel, but millions of Christian, Christian martyrs testify to the fact that the statement isn't an absolute in this life. In fact, in Psalm 73, Asaph concludes <clears throat> that the wicked get the upper hand in this world, but the godly have their reward for eternity. So is it true that generally speaking, the righteous is delivered out of trouble? Yes, it is. All right. At the same time, there's many people that have stood for a righteous cause and they've been martyred for their faith. So again, yes, generally speaking, this is true, but it's not an ironclad, an, an ironclad promise. Let's continue on. Let's also consider what's the major theme of Proverbs. The major theme is that of wisdom. The words wise and wisdom are used in 119 out of 915 verses in the book of Proverbs. And we see that emphasized here, especially in the first seven verses, which we just read in the book of Proverbs. And what you'll notice as we read the book of Proverbs is the, the book of Proverbs teaches us again how to relate to everyday things in life that, that, that we live with. Whether that's people, whether that's possessions, whether that is how to respond to conflict. The book of Proverbs gives us wisdom. It shows us how to apply God's wisdom to life on earth. And every single one of us need that. That is why, again, you know, I know in our family, we, we try to spend a, a lot of time in the book of Proverbs, especially for, you know, our family Bible time. We We've come back to Proverbs again and again and again. We've read other portions of Scripture, uh, yes, but again, we so we usually just come back to this book right here and just read it over and over and over again, especially when our kids are young, yeah, because they need that. They need that foundation. What is the key verse in Proverbs? Uh, again, I, I would say Proverbs 1-7, which says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we find here that this verse sets the tone for the remainder of the book. And what you're going to find in the book of Proverbs is there is this contrast between the way of wisdom and the way of foolishness. All right, the path of wisdom, the wise man, and the path of foolishness, the foolish man. And the Bible makes it abundantly clear that there is blessing on the wise man. Again, but there is there, there is there is a cursing upon the foolish man. And again, we'll see that as we work our way through this book. Now, I want to close by considering the, some of the verses before us here, verses two down to verse five, and consider what are some of the benefits. Again, if, if we will hear the book of Proverbs, if we will heed the truth in the book of Proverbs, what are some of the benefits that are received by again by heeding the truth before us in this book? couple of things. I'll go through this quickly. Number one, 
The Proverbs give wisdom. They give wisdom. Take a look at verse uh, 2. The Bible says to know wisdom. To know wisdom. Now the word that is used here again is the, the underlying Hebrew word, which means skill or experience or shrewdness. All right, so this wisdom is not mere knowledge. Rather, it is taking right knowledge, knowledge from God's word, and applying that knowledge to situations in life. That is true wisdom. Let's continue on. We also see that the Proverbs gives instruction. Verse 2 again, it says to know instruction. The Hebrew word for instruction, um, Ironside defines it as to teach by discipline. We bring ourselves under the discipline of the book of Proverbs, the word of God. Let's continue on. It also gives perception. Proverbs 1, 2. It says to perceive the words of understanding. And we see here that this is speaking of spiritual discernment, spiritual discernment. All right. To know the difference between right and wrong, to be able to discern between that which is which is good and that which is best. And that which is that which is righteous and that which is evil. And the book of Proverbs gives us that discernment we need. It also gives prudence. We see that in verse number three. The Bible says to receive uh, to receive the instruction of wisdom. Again, we find that word wisdom, but this is a different Hebrew word than that which is used in verse two. And this one means to be prudent. It means to have insight or to act with prudence. Again, as we go about our, our daily life. Another benefit is that it teaches justice. Take a look at verse three again. It says to receive not only wisdom, but also justice. All right. This refers to uh, right behavior. This refers to fairness, you know, to, to equality in dealings with, with others. Let's continue on. We also see it teaches judgment. Verse three, to receive the instruction of, again, there's our word right there, to receive the instruction of judgment. All right, and this refers to the, to the ability to make wise decisions, again, to make wise judgments in life. Like the Bible calls us to, to judge righteous judgment. Let's continue on. We also see that it teaches us equity. Proverbs 1.3 says to receive the instruction of equity. All right, this refers to being honest. This refers to being righteous. This refers to having integrity within our dealings with others. We're called to have equity. Let's continue on. We also see that it gives subtlety. Get, take a look at verse 4. So it gives subtlety to the simple. The word subtlety here, it has the idea of prudence or, or, or craftiness. And we see here that it's given to a specific person, and that is uh, who the Proverbs describes as the simple. There's really three groups of people in the book of Proverbs. There's the wise man, there's the fool, or the scorner, one and the same, the one who knows the truth but willingly, willingly rejects the truth, and then there is the simple one, the one who is ignorant of the truth. The one who is gullible, the one who is naive, the one who is just deceived over and over and over again by by Satan and taken captive by him. We see here that the Proverbs give subtlety to the simple. 
It takes a person that is not discerning and it makes that person discerning. That's what Proverbs does. And then lastly, it gives knowledge and discretion. Take a look at verse four. It says to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Now, again, any person, it's not just the young man that can 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 benefit from this, but it's especially the young man that can benefit from this. Right? It's especially the young man that needs knowledge, the knowledge of God's word, the knowledge of truth. But also you see here the knowledge, uh, knowledge and discretion, knowledge and discretion, knowing and learning and discerning and wise planning. And that is the wise person. And as we hear the book of Proverbs, as we hear the book of Proverbs, it teaches us these things. All right. So that's where we're going to stop tonight with our with our study. Uh, tonight's just an introduction. We might we, we may do another a part two of an introduction next week. Um, or we may get to our first theme next week. Again, you'll just have to come back and see. Um, but again, that is where we'll stop tonight. All right.